Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. I'm Robin Crane here with Katie Burke. And Katie is the owner of Method Financial Planning and co-owner of Equita. Yeah. And um, she has built successful businesses and is, has been in the financial industry for over, what is it, 15 years? Yeah. Over 15 years, um, supports women and is here to really share some of the systems and collaborative strategies and support that she uses to help other women succeed in the business to really help them grow the business and build the business that they want. So welcome, Katie. Great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Robin. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so yeah, tell us, tell us a little about the two different companies. So everybody knows, listening here knows what you're doing and, and kind of what you've built that's been so successful. Yeah, so I started Method Financial Planning, which is a fee-only financial planning firm uh, back in 2015. I had been in the industry at that point for um, about a decade, working for larger financial institutions, a larger registered investment advisory firm in California. And after I had my son, realized that, you know, being able to juggle the career I wanted while having being the mom and having the family I wanted um, wasn't really matching up at the time. And I also had a specific focus on who I wanted to work with for my clients. And so it seemed like to me, the best way to do that was to start my own firm. So um, started Method and really starting to build that business I wanted. Two years in, I realized that I wanted to continue to grow my business and I needed some additional support, some systems, some the options that aren't always available to the small business, the small financial planning firms. So I met another financial planner, Bridget Grimes. So she was living out in California. I had this time moved back to Philadelphia. And um, we started talking because she had her own firm as well. And we both wanted similar options. You know, we wanted to be able to offer our clients the services and support that they felt like they had a huge institution behind them. They were with this big financial firm, but with the but just working with us, you know, having the personal touch of I work, you know, Katie's my person, but I have all of this, these systems and support behind her and her business to support me as a client to reach my goals. And through this discovery process of months and months of work of talking to vendors and figuring out how we could do this while keeping our firm identity separate, because Bridget works with different clients than I do at Method. And we wanted to make sure I'd spent time and energy on branding and my website. And we didn't want that muddled together, we really wanted to keep our focus. So months and months later, we came up with the idea for Equita Financial Network. And in that process, realized that not only could Equita benefit my firm and Bridget's firms, but could also benefit other women that were in the financial planning business or that wanted to break away and have their own financial planning practice. And so that is how Equita was born about a little over two years ago. Wow. It's only been two years. That's just a little baby in Equita. It is. So what exactly do you do then? How does that work? And um, what kind of systems do you have for women 
financial advisors and women in the industry? So we provide basically everything that's the backbone to running their business, everything from CRM, performance reporting, you know, all the nuts and bolts, uh, the portfolio management oversight, a trading solution that is a really um, thoughtful way for the advisor as well as the client to work through the portfolio process. Um, a lot of times we're grouped into, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, because a lot of times we're grouped into in the industry as a TAM which is a turnkey asset management platform. We, while we offer a lot of the same types of solutions to all of our members at Equita, we have a lot more thoughtful process behind, you know, we're not, we don't have a robo advisor platform supporting our investments. We have a person, we have a team. Um, we really wanted to make that a very important part of our platform. We also offer, besides the nuts and bolts, um, E&O insurance, we've got compliance services, obviously. Um, and I think the biggest part that differentiates us is that we are a solution built for women. So as a woman business owner, what do I need? I need support. I want thoughtful leadership. I want a, a you know, coaching process that's focused on my growth. And I want to be able to collaborate with other women practice owners about the fact that, hey, I'm a mom, you know, a lot of us are moms, some of us aren't, but a lot of us have the, face the same challenges in the industry. We come from an industry where women, for the most part, you know, a lot of us may have never worked beside or with another woman, a female financial advisor. I know I didn't. And so that process of seeing that women can succeed in this industry, a lot of us have those same stories about we got to a certain point and we didn't know that we could, what path we could take. Um, so it's... Um, it's a, it's a great place. You know, it's a great place for my business. And I think the women I've met along the way has been, you know, so influential in how I continue to grow my business. Yeah. That's amazing. And is it just logistically, is it like you have your own RAA? So everyone would have kind of what you have where they have their own RAA and then they're under the umbrella of Equita, or would it be like, you're just under the umbrella of Equita? So Equita is an RIA and all of our members are IARs, through investment advisor. Oh, gotcha. So okay. they essentially have their own brand, their own firm. And Equita is a disclosure on their business cards, on their website. So even though we are taking care of everything behind the scenes, there are decisions that they these women make as business owners. This is still them running their business. So we give you the blueprint to say, here are all of the solutions that we provide you, but how you decide to use the CRM and interface with your clients and use e-money for financial planning, um, that's, those are all decisions that are up to you. You know, and we are here to talk about best practices and how we've all used it. But every time there's a discussion about it or we have a new advisor join, they bring all of the knowledge from their past. And we have, everybody has a different way of doing it. And I think that the power of that mastermind is awesome. You know, and it makes me feel like I'm not just sitting back saying, this is the way I've always done it. I'm going to continue to do it this way. I never, ever want to say that. And this group allows me to never feel like that. You know, it's always evolving talking to these women. Well, and how many women do you have now? Part of There's it? seven of us. Seven oh, across okay. the country. If you get in now, you get right <laughs> at the beginning or the before this explodes. No, that's amazing. That sounds so great because community and so is so important. And I think for sure, being in the industry with so many men and and it be it being so male dominated, not having women like you said at your side to, to talk to, to discuss, to even be in a community with, to bounce ideas back uh, back and forth um, with each other, all that stuff like that. That is so valuable to have. 
so that women can grow faster. So what kind of systems and, um, what kind of things do you actually do as part of that to help women and and grow together to be able to build their business or businesses? I think that again, the sharing of the best, best practices. So not only providing them with, you get a subscription to, um, you know, CRM performance reporting, e-money financial planning software, the relationship with the portfolio team, um, the coach, I think is a huge part. We work with um, Colleen Hallinan of Q2 Consulting. Um, and she is able to bring us together to actually talk about, so Equital, you're given all these systems. How's everybody using it? How can we use it? Again, always focus on that growth component to say, we need processes, procedures in place, obviously. You know, we can share those across the platform. But more than that, one of my goals this year for my practice at Method that we talk about in these growth calls is that I want to have a content calendar um, for my client meetings so that I know how to best share and feel like I'm having enough touch points with all my clients throughout the year in a really scalable way. And I know that there's some firms at Equital already that already do this. So being able to have them share, here's, and we all feel like they're not taking something from your practice or from ourselves. It's we're more together, you know? So somebody else might be like, hey, I already have that, Katie. Let me share mine with you. And let's kind of just get this going because we're all benefiting from, you know, figuring this out together. Um, but as far as systems, it's really, we want to give you the blueprint. We want everybody to share how we use it, but we want to hear from you, right? The other new members about what, how you would use it. Um, but it's so important to get that stuff into place in order to grow and to be scalable, which is what I think we all want to do and what we really want to focus on. Absolutely. Tell me a little about how, why you got into this. You mentioned before you're a mom and, you know, I know you have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, almost seven-year-old. Um, so tell me about your experiences just as a mom and as a wife and as a, as a business owner and why you were so motivated to create this. So the one thing that I felt like I wasn't getting from working for somebody else. And again, I worked for all male run firms, which I learned so much in the first 10 years of my career, um, being immersed in that environment and getting, I was really lucky in the fact that I not only was on the client service side, you know, growing up kind of supporting advisors in the financial planning world, but at my last firm, I actually helped them put the processes and systems into place to make their firm scalable. So I felt like when I left and it was time for me to leave and launch my firm, I had some experience dealing with vendor relationships, contracts, that business stuff that a lot of people in the planning position, you know, a lot of financial planners and advisors have no idea. You know, it's just the system comes in, I plug in my computer, it works, but there's so many moving parts behind that. Um, so after I had my son, I needed flexibility. You know, I needed support and every, all the men I worked with, you know, lucky for them, their wives stayed at home and took care of the children. So the things that I was facing as a mom with my husband working as well, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't get the support I was looking for. There's nobody that I could get the support from at my firm. Um, and I wanted to, and I realized while I started thinking about this, you know, it took me probably about eight months to launch was that the network that I had to help grow my business working for somebody else was all people that were similar to me. They were all dual career couples. They were starting to have children. And they come to me and say, you're a financial planner. We've got all this stuff going on. You know, can you help us? 
well, I could help you, but then I can't execute the plan for you because you don't have a million dollars to come work. You know, that's the minimum. So I developed this other way that I could work with them and say, hey, let's do a plan. I can charge for that. And then ongoing, I can charge you for ongoing consulting with me. I can have a lower minimum. There's a lot more flexibility to allow me to work with the exact clients I wanted to work with, which are busy professionals. Um, so left, launched my firm and being a business owner with kids allows me to have flexibility. You know, I work the hours I want to work. Um, I work a ton of hours though. <laughs> I will never sugarcoat that. I mean, being a business owner, you're a business owner. I mean, it is full throttle all the time. And, but I can still put on my calendar that I'm going to go yesterday. I had to take the kids to the dentist and I didn't have anybody to answer to. Yeah, it's my, it allows me the flexibility to enjoy the moments I want to with my kids and be present when I'm with them. But when I'm on work mode, it allows me to fully focus on that whatever time of the day it is. A lot of times that's logging in once they go to bed at eight o'clock. I was doing meetings last night till 930. And that's okay. Because again, it's my business, you know, and it also, I was with the kids and I put them to bed. And that was just always been really important for me. Wow. My kids don't go to bed that early. That's like, what would that be like? <laughs> my, my son, he's uh, almost three. He goes to bed around 11. It's, it's my fault. I know, I know, but I have, but similarly, you know, I can really relate to that because we get to create that because I, I actually don't work in the evenings, but I'm done by the latest by six. And then, you know, I, I would be sad if my kid went to bed at eight o'clock cause I didn't get, you know, wouldn't get to spend as much time <laughs> yeah. with him. So I'm also sad he goes to bed at, at 11, but I also like it, you know, to some degree it's, 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 it's a lot of fun, but then, and then I also don't go to work until about 1030 because I play with my kids in the morning and then I go to tennis and all this stuff. So I think that flexibility is huge. And there's the joke out there. You've probably heard. It's like, when you become a business owner, you get to work any 100 hours a week you choose. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, so it's working a lot, but you get to choose when, when you do work. Um, but I think what, what would be really scary for me. And, and I mean, obviously I've taken a lot of leaps myself, but when I was an advisor and I was an advisor for about 10 years, I, I was at like, I kind of similar to what you said, like I was an IAR, you know, I was under the uh, other like independent firms, but I was scared to really go on my own, like to actually leave. It's interesting. Cause you said, I didn't feel like I was getting the support that I needed. And so you had enough under your belt around the systems and the strategies and what you can create, but that's a huge leap to take, especially when you have a kid and not, if not two, did you have two by then? Two by then. Yes, I can do the math. I just had, I just had the one. Just I got him. pregnant. Oh, I found out I was okay. pregnant with my second right after I quit my job. And then you quit <laughs> your job and you started your own firm. So how did you have the confidence and, and just what made you decide to really take that leap to go on your own, not even under the realm of like a company that's going to do compliance and all that and have to take care of everything yourself. And how did you see that as support when you now had to do it by yourself? Um, I think the deciding factor was I was promised different compensation points throughout my career and my time. And it was this little carrot that kept getting dangled further and further down the way. And I was working my hundred hours a week or whatever, you know, my choice of you know, whatever it was that time, 50 hours a week under for somebody else who was deciding how much I was worth and how much I should get paid. And I knew that if I went out on my own, I could decide how much I was worth how much I should get paid. And so that decision though is not taken lightly. And every woman that we have had come join the network, it is not a, hey, I learned about Equitat today. Maybe I'm ready to sign tomorrow and move over. A lot of times it is, 
I want to kind of take this information, digest it, picture myself as to what this would look like, do the business plan and really understand what I need in order to survive. You know, is it, I need an additional six months of income and I'm just going to like bootstrap it and and then I'm ready to sign Um, because there are, it is, you know, like you said, it's not just launching the practice. Now, while we are giving you the tools that you can plug your computer in, you should be able to say, Hey, day one, it's all the decisions leading up to that. Not only obviously the money, but we want women to feel like, you know, when I made the leap again, I had some experience and I felt like I was at a place where I could do that. Most women I talk to that say, I want to make that leap, but I, how do I, how do I leap? You know, how do I make, I don't feel like I can do that. You can do it. You just, you need to put the plan in place and you need some place to land. So we wanted to be, and I always said that from the beginning, I want somebody, some, you know, these women to feel like they are not stuck and they have somewhere they can land when they're ready to jump, but they really need to take the time to be ready to jump. But when you left, this was before Equita existed, right? I mean, you didn't have that in mind. That was after, how how long after you left or you started your own firm, did Equita start? Um, Two and a half years. Okay. So you left and like I was saying, you're like, I didn't get the support. You were obviously underpaid. You wanted to get paid your worth and you felt like you were underpaid and undervalued. So you took that leap, but you didn't have anyone to catch you. You didn't have any net. You didn't have, I mean, what you have created now for other women is amazing because now they can take a leap and there's actually a place for them to land. But for you, how did you make that decision? Like what get, cause I think, like you said, it's scary for women, even now when they have that support and you said you wanted support and you went out on your own, how did you decide to do that? Or what made, besides just feeling like you were undervalued, was there anything else that was like, I can do this? Or is it just like, you know, you grew up like where you believe anything is possible. And because of that, you're like, I got to do this. I'm just going to do it and give it a try. So part of that last statement is true for the fact that my dad started his own company. I remember very vividly, he, I was, we just moved into a new house. Uh, I was in middle school and he decided one day he was um, a sales rep for an industrial sales company. And he decided he was going to quit because they changed the compensation structure. And I remember my mom, I, and I was 12 years old and I still remember this conversation. He set up his office in our new basement with an old kid's table. Like we had like this Fisher price table and the pink phone from my bedroom. Like literally it was like pink plug-in phone. <laughs> and not the play phone though. The one that actually worked. The one that actually worked. Yes. But, but it, it was, was a pink. small but colored phone. I but wish he, you had a picture of that with him. Do you have a picture of that with him? I think I'm my like, mom does actually. I'm imagining him with a pink phone at this little kid's table. Like that is so classic. I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, he is such a hard worker. He's been very successful. And when I was growing up, he was there. Like, even though he was gone a lot for work, when I had my lacrosse game, like my dad was there. And stuff like that, like sticks with you. Um, My mom is a nurse and she decided to start outside of being a nurse maternity. She started her own company where she is a breastfeeding consultant, a lactation consultant and does home visits for people. And this was like, so I see this around my family. And I think I kind of grew up with the sense of, you know, no one's going to pay you. I feel like no one's going to pay you what you worth unless you're working for yourself. Um, and I also just have this energy, like this entrepreneurial energy within my family that I honestly didn't know I had until that short period of time where I had my son and I felt like I felt stuck. I don't like to feel stuck. I felt a little bit stuck. 
Um, my husband was very supportive. And for months before I made the decision, he kept saying, you can do this. You did it for somebody else. You can do it for yourself. Why are you expending all of your energy for somebody else when you know you can do this? So I had support. You know, when I talk about that support, um, I didn't have clients I could take with me. I didn't have income that I knew I was going to get right away, but I had family and you know, their mental <laughs> and their actual support that I felt like helped me make that final decision. That's very interesting. Cause I, I did not grow up with entrepreneurial parents, but I had that drive in me kind of that you described. And I was just thinking about my first, my first business, which was swimming lessons. Like I taught swimming lessons and I, I had gone to camp um, and I, I actually just didn't ever like the inequity of the way I was getting paid. And I never cared about money so much, but the, it was the, this inequity or this feeling like I was not paid my value that always kind of irked me. And I remember just going to camp and I was a counselor and I got paid like $200 for the summer or something like that. You know, and I was like, that really stinks. You know, like they're probably, I know like they're charging a lot. And, and when you look back and now, you know, how much camp costs and stuff, you're like, you weren't like getting screwed. But at the time I was like, I know it's expensive to go to camp, but I'm only making 200, $250. And so the next year they said, well, if you want to make, I don't know if I, I relayed that message or, or they, I just noticed the lifeguard made twice as much. She made 500 bucks. And I was like, well, maybe I could be a lifeguard. And so they said, yeah, just go get your, you know, whatever you get certified, whatever it is and come back and you can teach swimming lessons and be a lifeguard. So then I came to camp. I made double, I made $500 instead. And then after that, I went home and I used to babysit uh, you know, babysit my neighbor's kids and whatnot. And I was um, probably 16 at the time. And so I started teaching swim lessons in their backyards for like eight bucks a half hour. So then I was able to get 16 bucks an hour. And then I'm like, you know what, I could go to a swim club and I could end up earning, you know, maybe 12 to 15 bucks an hour, or I could keep building this myself. And I ended up like, at first I was like going from house to house and doing eight bucks an hour. Then I went to 12 bucks or eight bucks a half hour, then 12 bucks a half hour. And then I ended up having a little swim business in my parents' backyard because we had a pool and charging 25 bucks a half hour by the time I was like 18. And I was like rolling in it, making like 50 bucks an hour. And I saved like $10,000 over the summer. And I ended up traveling around the world, you know? So it was like, I, I had this, this drive and my parents, like I said, they weren't entrepreneurial. My, my dad was an engineer. My mom was a preschool teacher. Um, but I had this feeling of like, I'm worth more. And I think a lot of women feel like that. Like they see the potential in themselves. I also think a lot of women don't feel that right. And they know they're undervalued, but they feel like, but, but constantly in their heads are going like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not worthy. And, you know, I'm hoping from this, those of you listening, those ladies who are listening right now, like you, you are. And, and the great thing about your company, Equita, that you have the support systems already. And we have something very different, but similar in the idea of community where we have our femme uh, mentorship, which is female empowered moneymakers, but having women come together and work on their business and teaching them strategies and systems that help them grow. So, so I love that. What advice would you give women who maybe don't feel like they have either that background or that, I think we all have that drive to some degree, but maybe don't have that background or don't have that comp confidence, whether it's work with you or work with someone else or work on their own, but to take that leap where they should at a minimum get, get paid what they're worth. You know, I just think that you have to really, I just, I, I want women to feel like 
they do have the power in them to make the decision. Again, not everybody needs to be a business owner, right? Not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur, but just know that your skills and the things that you're providing right now to your clients, to your employer, like you are worth more that, and you, I, I just, it makes me, you know, kind of, I don't want to see women out there. I just talk to, I talk to so many women in our industry and you just hear the same stories over and over again of, and I, that similar experiences happened to me where it was, you know, not feeling like you can get to the level where you want to get to. And I just, I know it's, I know it's in these women. I know it is. And I just know that there's somebody, there's other women out there. Like you said, you have a community. There's other communities where you feel like if, you know, our community is in the right place, like, please reach out, find, um, find somebody who can mentor you, find somebody at all stages of our career. I think we can all benefit from mentorship. Um, I was very lucky early in my career that I had a mentor who was actually a man. You know, we're not totally knocking the men here. And if he had not stepped in to help me, there is a certain point in my career. If he had not stepped in to help me and vouch for me and let me know that I could do this as simple of a conversation of that, I would have quit. I would was ready to pack my bags and crawl under my desk. And he let me know that I was not going to do that and that I could do this. Um, so there's also, if you're, um, you know, if anybody is a CFP member, there's CFP mentorships. Or if you're thinking about getting your CFP, there's mentors you can be hooked up with. I just think that we all need somebody to talk to, especially at times when we're trying to make these big decisions, you know, should I ask for the raise? Should I go for the promotion? Or should I say, I got to go do something, you know, I got to go do this for myself. I think that you need to have those conversations. Yeah. Can you tell me what happened that made you want to crawl under your desk? I'm so curious. Do you remember the story? Um, so I had just started at um, this larger firm and they send all the associates away for you know two or three weeks to the headquarters in New York in Manhattan. And it's like um, boot camp training. And the goal of it is to you know break you down to build you back up their way. And this is, I imagine that this is still done today. <laughs> um, so it's very intense, right? And I don't really, and I didn't have a background working specifically in finance. Um, I'd worked for T. Rowe Price where I did some of the back office stuff, but this was client facing. And so it was, I was, how old was I? 23, 24. And so it was all of these role plays things in front of advisors. And it was just some very uncomfortable. I mean, I look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that I had that because it made me better in my career. But like, holy cow. Um, so they would call you randomly throughout the day, like as a training call, and you'd have to pretend that the client was on the phone and like what you would say. And I just remember that I, somebody, I was busy doing something else, right? And the phone rang and I didn't do the question the right way. And I was told by one of the manage, one of the higher up managers that maybe I wasn't cut out for this and, you know, I shouldn't be in the program. And my manager who was on site with me pulled me aside and said, you know, I know you can do this. I can see the advisors you work with directly can see that you have a lot of promise. So like, please don't let this like little blip of your career, like define that, define your career basically. Wow. That's intense. That's like, what do they call it for like sororities and, and fraternities where they hazing? hazing. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like financial planning, hazing. I never heard of that. That's intense. It's, um, you know, I think it's, prevalent in industry, especially with advisors where they're, you know, you're thrown into your training, but as a really young person, just entering the field, it was not the appropriate time. I felt like for me to be doing that, but it's behind me now, made it. And 
I, I don't want other, I, I wish other people didn't have to go through that to realize that they were supposed to stay in this industry. Yeah. I had this dream the other day. Um, and it was about basically just being criticized and it wasn't, it was actually my friend who I know like really likes compliments and, and she doesn't like to be criticized. And I just kept saying to the person criticizing her. And I was like, that doesn't work for Rachel. That doesn't work for her. Like that's not going to motivate her. And I woke up, like it was very vivid. And I was just like, whoa, like, and I actually went to tennis and my tennis coach is cool, but sometimes he's very critical. And I'm just, I was thinking that doesn't work for me. And I was like, whoa, that was totally a self-reflection dream about how I don't do well with criticism or being like, like, I like challenges, you know, I'm, I'm good under pressure, but when someone's beating me down, I beat myself down enough, you know, I don't need someone else beating me down, but when they beat me down, like it just does not work to motivate me. And I was thinking like most women, and this is kind of like why I say the woman's way versus just doing it any old way. Like we don't necessarily respond the way men do. And some men, like that's what will motivate them. Come on, man. You know, like yes. you're to give me 20. You know, yes. it's like, like, that's not going to work for me. Like, tell me where, like that I'm awesome. Tell me I can do it. Like this guy did for you, which is amazing. Tell me that you see the potential. Tell me that, that you know that this is possible and yes, it's hard. And yes, you're going to have to stretch outside your comfort zone. And yes, it's going to be challenging at times. And that's going to help you because look, you have it in you to, to make a big difference and help a lot of people. Like that's what motivates me. So I think what motivates women is different than what motivates men. And, and, and no one is truly motivated by the money. Like, even though we're talking about the inequity, like when I was saying, like, whether it's going to uh, teach swimming lessons at, at a swim club, like where they're making money on me. Like, I just felt like I had to have my own, like th the ownership of it. It's not about the money. Like we're really not driven by the money. That's why I actually, I don't know, you know, my book, but it's called make more money, help more people. It's not actually about making the money. It's just that when you make the money, you help more people. And um, I, I think that, you know, those, those women who are here listening, it's so important to recognize that, you have to have that inner voice to kind of let, there are going to be people who will shut you down, shut you down, shut you down. And that's going to happen no matter what. And also, like you said, Katie is find someone who does support you and love you and see that, you know, see the, the potential inside you, because we, even though we would like to, as women be able to do it on our own and constantly, you know, be telling us nice things, we have the tendency to beat ourselves up. And so sometimes we need that outside source to kind of give us, Hey, throw me the rope. I'll grab on and then let's get there together. So that's amazing. Um, where, tell them where they can find you in Equita and uh, what's the best place follow you all that stuff. Yeah. So I, on LinkedIn, so Katie Burke CFP and method financial planning's on there. My website methodfinancialplanning.com. So that's really easy. <laughs> Equita's website is Equita FN for financial network. So E Q U I T A FN.com. Um, you can find us there and we're always happy, you know, Bridget and I, we're always happy to have a conversation because again, we're here to support women. We want them to stay in the industry and, you know, we are, we always want to talk and support you. Do it. You guys have a conversation. I mean, at, at least, you know, there's so much you can learn. And, and, and a lot of women who come on this podcast are so open to that and so willing and, and so cool about that. So there, there are people out there who want to support you. So make sure you take advantage of that. So thank you, Katie, for joining me today. And thank you, those of you listening, um, come back again to, on the next episode of Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way. We'll see you next time. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.